Hello and welcome to Hosanna. I'm Pastor Jen Alexander and please hear me say, we believe the Lord led you here to help you grow in faith and look a little more like Jesus. After today's message, we encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. My name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor here at Hosanna. And uh, even as I say that, I realize I'm not going to be saying that for a few months um, because if you don't know, uh, stepping into sabbatical. And as I do so, um, I'm getting kind of emotional, to be honest with you. Um, So I don't know where things are going to go during this message, but I do know this. uh, I love this church. I love these, I love you people. (laughs) Um, And I'm just so inspired by your faith and by your um, dedication, your, your encouragement, and the blessings that have come our way as we step into sabbatical. Uh, you're an amazing flock, and uh, I just want to express that to you right out of the chute. And I'm not sure what else I'm going to say from here. We'll figure it out. <laughs> no, there's plenty to say, but I want to start by saying um, bless you and thank you, and, um, and, and I'm also inspired by your your um, ongoing faithfulness and giving and, and generosity uh, above and beyond. Um, and, and here's a recent example, our Easter offering this year, all of which is going outside of, of Hosanna's ministry to help people rise physically and spiritually, uh, locally in the Twin Cities and also globally. And uh, we encourage you to give and, and be blessed to be a blessing, and did you ever. So here's the Easter offering total, $436,020. I think we can praise God for that. And, and, and between uh, all, all the special offerings that, that you have given toward um, this ministry year, our Thanksgiving offering, Christmas offering, earthquake offering, the Easter offering now, that's almost $1.5 million that you have given to bless people and ministries outside of Hosanna. You're an amazingly generous church, and it's just one of the many things that's touching my heart deeply right now. Uh, as we prepare to step into sabbatical. And, and of course, if you consider Hosanna your church home and you, and you are ready to start giving regularly and proportionally to how God has given to you and you want to join this party of trusting God with your resources and, and with uh, generosity, I encourage you to do so. There are lots of ways to give. Um, you, you can set up online recurring giving, which is the easiest way for, for you and for us to give uh, through our app, through the website. You can also text Hosanna Give to 94000. So we're not even halfway through this year with Jesus, uh, and, and yet there's, there's transformation and fruit happening all over the place. I've been trying to get around uh, and, and to all of our different campuses. I have actually gotten around to all of our different uh, campuses, the four campuses that uh, make up Hosanna. And, and at each campus, you can just sense how God is moving and how transformation is happening and fruit uh, is being produced in all kinds of ways. Uh, and and I, I just sense that building and building and building and building. Even this morning, you can sense it. And a critical component to, to transformation and fruit uh, coming from our lives and from our ministries is to... Um, live in these rhythms, these renewal rhythms of Jesus. Jen last week talked about the, the cornerstone um, rhythm renewal, renewal rhythm of rest. 
of finding that rest that only the Lord can provide. Sabbath, Shabbat, 24 hours to cease working, to stop working, and to let God restore you in that rest like only, like only he can. It's one of the commandments. We tell people that rest is not optional according to God. It's a commandment, just like do not kill and do not steal. Why? Because he knows what's best for us, and he loves you. And so finding that regular rhythm of rest is so important. So if you didn't hear the message last week, uh, or you want to listen to it again, you need to hear it again like me, uh, multiple times for it to sink in, make sure you check that out. This week, we're going to talk about another rhythm renewal. And it's, it's a word that's very close to the word rest. You just have to add an E between the S and the T. This rhythm renewal of Jesus is reset. Everyone say reset. Reset. reset to regularly experience a reset. Now, whether it's, a, whether it's your phone or your computer or a tablet or your wireless system, when it starts uh, going haywire or doesn't work anymore, what's the first troubleshooting step that you're supposed to do? Hit reset, right? Hit reset. And, and 90% of the time, that takes care of whatever the issue was. We'll never fully understand, most of us, what was going on, but reset worked. And if we don't hit reset, then our devices will start to tell us to do it. I've, I've been getting messages on my laptop over the last few weeks. Um, and this is one of those, it's probably, you know, probably just reminding me, yep, I'm ready for a sabbatical. My computer's ready for a sabbatical. Uh, but it, it keeps saying uh, that your active memory is full. Your active, I don't even know what that means. It has something to do with cookies. Now, I know what cookies are, but I don't know how to get them off my computer. But, but, but then it will say, another message that comes up is, if you don't shut, problems down, or shut programs down, you will have problems. Uh, and then it brings up a list of programs that I should force quit, including my security software, which doesn't seem like the best idea. To shut that down makes my computer vulnerable to risk, to malware, and... You know, all those other things that can cause our computer problems. And really what my computer needs is to be reset more. And 90% of the time, that would take care of it. Isn't the same true of our lives? Right, the active memory's full. We just go, 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 and we don't reset. And then problems start to emerge. Not, not hitting reset in our lives can lead to all kinds of problems like fatigue, anxiety, discouragement. For me, when I've gone too long without a reset, it's like problems seem way bigger than they actually are. I start getting irritable and reactive. Just ask the people around me <laughs> because I need to hit reset. We can even be vulnerable to danger and attacks in all kinds of ways, making bad decisions, uh, re relationship issues that can emerge because we haven't practiced this renewal rhythm of reset. To live fulfilling, fruitful lives, we need to practice this rhythm of reset. Well, how do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. But, but here, just to underscore this, in her book on Sabbath, Ruth Haley Barton uh, quotes Tiffany Schlain. She says, nothing is better for your computer or your body than a complete shutdown and restart. To just shut everything down and, and restart. In other words, a reset. What does it look like 
to practice this regular rhythm of, of reset. We're going to look at four passages that illustrate how Jesus uh, practiced this rhythm of reset. And as I was spending time with these passages, what, what God started to show me is that where Jesus went for a reset, when he went for a reset, point to why he needed a reset and then how to do that reset. So where Jesus reset, when he reset, and then looking at those patterns shows us why we need a reset and how to do it. Make sense? And by the way, if Jesus needed a reset, how much more do we need a reset? Even Jesus needed a reset. So the first one's in Luke 5, 15 through 16. It says this, the report of his power spread even faster And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So the crowds, they're they're following him and and they're, they're seeking him to be healed, to hear his message. News about his power is spreading all over the place. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Underscore that word, often often withdrew to get away for a reset, a reset. Now, where did he go? Here he went to the wilderness, the wilderness. Now, when we think wilderness, uh, we probably think forests and trees and the wildernesses we've been in, but here's what the wilderness would have looked like for Jesus in Israel. That's the wilderness in Israel. So Jesus, Jesus often went away to the wilderness for prayer, to spend time alone with the Father, to reset. What does that wilderness scene, the desert scene, represent? Everything being stripped away, getting away from all the distractions in our lives. Jesus cleared away all the, the clutter, so to speak, and got to a place where he could just be alone with the Father, the wilderness, in order to reset. Because Jesus was in demand, and his life was demanding. Crowds were just always coming after him to hear him speak, to to be healed. And not only that, he was starting to face scrutiny and and accusations and criticisms, and, and he often just got away to the wilderness to to remove all those other voices so he could just hear the one voice of his father. So where? In the wilderness. When? When, when he was in demand or the demands on, on his life were starting to press in on him. When, when the accusations and the criticisms were coming after him, he, he would pull away from all of that for a reset. So wilderness and when life was demanding. Another example, Luke 6, 12 through 13 says this, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. So here Jesus goes up onto a mountain by himself to pray all night. But where does he go? Up onto a mountain. 
And for those of you who grew up in the Midwest, I need to explain what this is, a mountain. <laughs> a high place, like thousands of feet higher. What do you see when you're on a mountain? You see a whole lot more than you normally see when you're at ground level. You see things you don't normally see. You see the big picture. Jesus, I think, loved being in nature for one, but he also knew that getting up to a high place would help him to see what he didn't normally see, to see more than he normally saw, to, to see the big picture. And we, we need to see the big picture sometimes in our lives. We're so consumed with what life looks like at the ground level, but to get up into a higher place. Now, when does he get away here? Before he was getting away after demanding seasons of ministry, that first passage, but here he gets away right before he chooses his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles, before this big decision. This is a big decision <laughs> that he's about to make. The 12 people that are going to follow him most closely and are going to be the ones who will carry on his ministry and multiply his presence to the world. And 2,000 years later, we are recipients of their ministry, beneficiaries of, of those 12 who spread and multiplied to, to this point, to this place. The gospel has reached us because of that group of 12. Jesus was making a big decision, so he, he went away for a reset right before he made a big decision. Up on a mountain, before a big decision. So the where and the when point us to why and how Jesus took time to reset, and also why we should. A couple more examples of Jesus, Jesus getting away to reset. Matthew, this time, Gospel of Matthew. Now this one occurs right after Jesus learns about the death of John the Baptist who his, is his cousin, his friend, and one of his close co-workers in the kingdom. Matthew 14, 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news about John's death, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. So he needed to get away for a reset. The crowd is still desperate for what Jesus offers and they're following him, but he did go to be alone. Why in this case, or when when he needed to process some deep emotions, you know, some grief, some sadness. He needed the space to do that, the space that we don't normally have in our day-to-day -day lives when all the people and the voices and the forces around us are pressing in. There's stuff that we gotta work through in our hearts, those big emotions. Jesus needed to do that too, and he went away for a reset. And then after feeding the 5,000, in that same chapter, which was a spectacular miracle. So if he was popular before this miracle, feeding the 5,000, his popularity grew exponentially. What does he do? Matthew 14, 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So when does he get away here. Again, up into the mountains, the hills this time. Now we're talking the Midwest, more hills. But when? After experiencing success and, and the, the notoriety and the popularity was growing, he got away to avoid the traps, the dangers of success. 
that even Jesus in his humanity and his flesh could have started to read his own headlines, right? Hey, I'm becoming popular. I'm becoming, I am the news. I'm the main news. He, he could have started to believe that it was all about him in his worldly success, all about the approval of others. Reset. Get away. Avoid the traps of success, the danger of success. That was when Jesus got away for a reset, one of the times that Jesus got away for resets. So Jesus often, regularly prioritized a reset, got away to be alone with God. When? After demanding stretches, before big decisions. He got away for resets uh, to process deep emotion and experience healing in his humanity. Where in the wilderness to be alone with God? Up on mountaintops and hills to see the big picture, which all points us to why. Why did he do this? Jesus often regularly got away for a reset to reset his core identity and his core purpose. The reset is regularly getting away for time alone with God to reset our core identity and purpose. Jesus often got away for a reset. And if Jesus got away for a reset, how much more do we need to? It struck me, you know, since I was using some examples, some technology examples, that core identity, core purpose, identity and purpose, these two letters, the first two letters of each of those were identity, purpose, IP, IP address. So in other words, Jesus got away for a reset to get back to his core IP address. To get back to his core identity, his core purpose. And, and the reason that we need a regular reset is that we also need to get back to our core identity and our core purpose in life. Our IP address. Because you're the only one who has your IP address. Your core identity, something we all share as children of God, but your unique purpose. And if we don't regularly get away for a reset, our lives, our systems will get overloaded, overworked. We will run into problems. We are even in danger of not living out of our core identity and purpose. It's so important that we hit reset and 90% of the time, that's what we need. <laughs> that's what we need. So how do we do this? Just a few thoughts that I want to leave with you. How do we do this regular reset? Kind of practical thoughts. And we're pulling from Jesus' example here. The first thought is that we need to commit to it. We've got to commit to it. Can't just talk about it endlessly, dream about it. We've got to commit to a regular reset. Now, um, to differentiate between the rest that Jen was talking about last week, because she did say to me, Ryan, make sure you differentiate between my week and your week, okay? I'm like, okay, I got this. That, that rest, that regular weekly rest time is 
Uh, Sabbath time, it has a corporate component of worship and often communal with family and neighbors. And, but reset is time alone with God. Regularly. How regularly? I can tell you what I do. For 15 years, I've been doing something called a monthly dog day. Day alone with God. Dog. Day alone with God. And it's been a key part of my, my regular rhythms of renewal. Uh, I meet with three guys and, and uh, invest in, walk with them, invest in their discipleship. And, and when I started meeting with them, the first thing they asked was, how do you do that dog day? Because it was just like, I know, they, they were like, I know I need that. I know I need that, that regular reset. And it starts with admitting that we know we need it, acknowledging that need. Acknowledging that if machines need to be reset once in a while, we're not machines. We have limitations physically, emotionally, spiritually. We need to reset. If Jesus reset, how much more do we? Acknowledging it and then committing to it. Putting it in the calendar. Making it a priority. Protecting it like crazy. Because see, we don't, we don't have to just reactively get away. There are times when we have to reactively get away, but, but we don't have to wait until then if we often regularly schedule a reset. Love this quote from Heidi Olson, who's our vision board president. She said, we don't have to wait until we're broken to take a break. We don't have to wait until we're broken to take a break. I was grateful for that word from Heidi. My dad recently gave me a t-shirt that says this, be careful what you say, it may end up in a sermon. So Heidi found out that that's true. <laughs> be careful what you say. So commit to it. Secondly, this thought was, that was passed on uh, to me from someone who's mentored me in this rhythm. Different place, different pace. Where did Jesus go? Wilderness, mountains, Different place, different pace. When you, where you go for a reset regularly, make that a, a space that you don't normally spend time in if possible. Why? Because it's too easy to just get drawn into the, the list of, of projects and things that need to get done at work or around the house. A different place. Uh, I've taken my dog days at um, friends' cabins, um, Snowbirds, a whole lot of you get away to somewhere warmer, so let us benefit from that and use your place for dog days, all right? We should start developing a, you know, an, <laughs> a list of homes that are open for four or five months, sometimes six, depending on how long winter is. I've done dog days at a library, sixth floor of a college library. There was no one there. I don't know what that says about college students, but it was really quiet. Different pace. When it gets nice again, you can get outdoors, but a different pace. The goal is silence and solitude. That's why Jesus went up into a mountain in the wilderness to remove distractions. You can really hear God deal with those emotions that are coming that don't have room to, to come out unless we get away and spend time with him to, to listen. It means we're going to have to... I don't have my phone in my pocket, so this is a good illustration because I don't have it. We're going to have to turn off those phones <laughs> for at least a day. Put it in airplane mode. Put it in do not disturb, whatever you need to do. The idea is to unplug, to, to reset, to restart our lives. And then the pace, here's the pace of a dog day. Be still. Be still. First couple of hours of my dog day, I often just sit there, still. 
letting everything in my computer just slow down. Sometimes I'll even fall asleep holding my coffee, which is problematic. But Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Have you heard that before? I know that I've gotten to that place of ready, <laughs> being able to reset when I hear these words and they ring true to me. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And that I'm not God. And what I need is him. And then from the speed of be still, then go slow. Or to borrow from that Sabbath book that we're reading, putts. Like just putts, you know, go at a speed that you don't have to do anything, you don't have to get anything done. We need to reclaim the art of putzing <laughs> if we're going to reset in our lives. The only goal of a reset is to reset your mind, body, soul, and heart. And if you never get to anything else on that day, it's okay. Because that's the one goal. And then thirdly, regular reset is to be alone with God. Be alone with God. So I don't want to be alone. I don't know. I'm not comfortable being alone. Alone with God. Jesus never went somewhere to be alone. He always went somewhere to be alone with God. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's going to feel like. He'll be there. Just go. To hear his voice, his promises, his love for you. To be reminded of your core identity and your core purpose. It's the only place where you can really hear that and know that is time alone with him. Where you can hear the gospel that you're forgiven, that you're made new, that you're fully loved, that you're accepted. And hear this, God wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He made you. And he likes how he made you. And he likes spending time with you. As a parent and a child just likes to be with his or her child, he just wants to be with you. So find a mountain or a wilderness, figuratively speaking, maybe literally the mountain, although I think we can only have so many people taking dog days on Buck Hill, all right? So... The rest of us will have to find a figurative mountain and look at the big picture. Get back to that core identity and purpose and plans, maybe. Eventually, you might start thinking about that and, and focus. And next week, we'll talk more about what it means to refocus and practice that rhythm. But here's what I want to do now. I want you, this is my request going on sabbatical, I want you to find a date in your calendar where you can do this. In the coming weeks and months, I want you to find it and circle it. And I know it's not easy. Think about some of you that are so busy. The, the group I think about single parents and how hard that would be. And the church, we need to come around those folks and help them get some space where they can do this. But I want you to do it. It's your homework assignment. Everyone nod your head and say, yep, I'm going to do it. You would never lie to your pastor in church, would you? And I'm going to tell you, it won't be easy for lots of reasons. The busyness, but the main reason is the devil hates this. He'd love to keep you busy. He'd love to keep you from living out of your core identity and purpose. You heard that quote, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. Reset. Jesus, reset. 
If we're going to be a church that looks more like Jesus, then we need to learn how to live in this rhythm of regularly resetting our systems. Jesus bookended his ministry with resets. Started in the wilderness. Another time he went to the wilderness, right after he was baptized, the father spoke over him. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He had his core identity. going, And he went into the wilderness to let it be, to let it sink in. And, and to, to have it be refined by fire. He knew his core identity. And then the other bookend of his ministry in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gardens were another place that Jesus went to reset. He prayed and wrestled through what he was about to do, his core purpose to go to the cross, experience all the, the suffering that he would experience because of our sin. And he wrestled in that garden and a reset and he came out of it. And I love this. At the end of that passage says, here we go. I'm ready to live out my purpose because he had reset. What does it look like for you to reset? I, I know that that's part of what God wants to do for us on this sabbatical, to bring us back to our core identities as children of God. Before we're anything else, pastors, parents, we are the beloved of God son and daughter with whom he is well pleased. That's true of each one of you too. And I really believe that what God wants to do in us in this sabbatical season is also what he wants to do through you as a church. To learn how to rest, to learn how to reset, to get back to our core identity and core purpose and to refocus around that. Because I believe we're headed into a season where it's never been more important to be deeply anchored in our IP address. And reset's an important part of that. Lastly, our vision board uh, retreat this year and our leadership retreat, uh, God was so clearly given us this word, this word. It comes out of Revelation 2. Come back to your first love. Come back to your first love. That time alone, Father, that relationship. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. Being reminded, once again, how deeply loved you are by the God of the universe and how he simply wants to hear from us. We love you. I believe that's a word for our church and for those of you who are part of this church in your lives. Let's get back to our first love. Reset. And it, of course, has occurred to me too that Jen and I are, the first 10 days of our sabbatical, we're going um, on a trip, footsteps of Paul, We'll be going to Patmos. That wasn't Paul, that was John, but that's where John received the revelation. And then going to Ephesus, which is the church that Paul was talking about, when he said, get back to your first love. Let's reset. Let me pray. God, thank you for your love. Thank you that you love us so much that you'll bring up messages onto the screens of our lives saying, hey, your active memory's full. You gotta shut some programs down. You've gotta make sure you're not making yourself vulnerable to threats and dangers. I want you to live out of your core identity and purpose. 
our core identity, that we are your sons and your daughters with whom you are well pleased, that you were willing to give up your very life for Jesus to express your perfect, all-consuming, all-sufficient love for us. And then we have a, a purpose to live out, each one of us. And it's a purpose that only we can live out. So show us how to live this rhythm of reset as individuals, as families, and as a church so that we might be even more deeply anchored in our IP address. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you for that great message, Pastor Ryan. I'm going to invite everyone else to come on up and join us. But what, a, what an important, important word for us as a church um, to be drawn back to our first love. And I want to thank you, Ryan and Jen, for exemplifying that by taking this time, by being purposeful about it, intentional for your Sabbath rest. Um, of course, we've been learning that that is present throughout the scriptures, uh, from cover to cover in the scriptures. But there may not be a more poignant message than the one that comes from the book of Hebrews in the fourth chapter when it comes to this idea of Sabbath rest. Let me just read it for us. It says this, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Uh, once again, we're just so honored that you are setting an example for all of us in doing this, and we've got some members from your sabbatical team and from uh, the vision board here, and we would love to take some time to pray over you as you prepare to enter into this amazing, amazing spiritual journey. So at all of our campuses, what I would love for you to do is just extend a hand of blessing towards Pastors Ryan and Jen, and we are going to pray for you. Oh, Father God, we thank you for who you are. You are the author of rest and reset and refocus. We thank you, Lord, that Ryan and Jen are willing to step in and be obedient. We ask, Lord, that you take them deeper than they could ever imagine, deeper with you, deeper with one another, deeper with who they are and how you created them. Because, Lord, that is your greatest desire for them, to be closer to you and to each other and to themselves. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity um, to be able to bless Jen and Ryan as they leave for sabbatical. Lord, we're thankful for um, the years of ministry that they've given to, to Hosanna, to the churches from even before coming here. And Lord, we ask you to bless this time ahead for them, this chapter of sabbatical, um, that they are able to rest um, and to reset and find that renewal, Lord, and just be filled with you and blessed during this time away. Uh, and Lord, pray a prayer of protection over them during this time, over their family, their three boys, and their family unit, Lord, and, and over Hosanna um, and Pear as we, as we encounter these few months and anticipate their return and know that they'll be on fire for you. Father, we thank you that, um, that they're able to take this opportunity because we have such an amazing church and amazing staff here that they can step away for a time and, and just to find that 
joy and rest and peace in you. And I just pray that uh, in that time, you give them some clarity and maybe um, make yourself known to them in a new way through their, whether they're reading scripture or praying or even sleeping and dreaming, that you make yourself known to them even more. And uh, just thank you for, for them setting the example for all of us to do the same. Father God, I add my blessing to this beautiful couple. Just pour yourself out over them, Lord. Be with them each and every day to make the most of each hour. That their souls would just be renewed in such a powerful and deep, deep way to come back and serve and love you more and more. Amen. Now, Ryan and Jen, as you go on your way, may Jesus the Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way. May he go behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you deep and amazing peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Church, you. would you join us in celebrating Pastor Ryan and Jen and their opportunity for sabbatical? Yeah, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. It was it was prayed, but you're going to be in good hands uh, with the team. Um, those you see up front, those behind the scenes, uh, really good hands. Uh, but the thought I've had over and over again, it's, it's, it's hard to lay down, even though we, we know you're going to be in good hands, to lay down something, <laughs> someone, people that you love so much, but to trust God even with that, so important. And so thank you uh, for your encouragement. And now we want to bless you. Receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon, all right? We'll see you soon. <laughs>